who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Today, I am joined by, first of his name, Jesse Gomez. Hello. <laughs> Why did you say so long to react? I was just uh, so excited to be introduced like that. Thank yeah, you so and then much. I, I also need to think of another quick fantasy thing to attach to Matt's name, so I'm just going to say Kingslayer Matt Jones. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, Is it? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Dragon Special, by the way. Yeah, the so UK podcast. So I'm, I'm sure everybody out there knows that there is um, a couple of huge shows out there right now that feature dragons and exotic lands. So we're here today. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Rings of Power and we're going to talk about Welcome to Wrexham. <laughs> Equally good shows. <laughs> um, but also we're going to talk about House of the Dragon. because so, so, so House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, <laughs> both come out around the same time, both sort of, you know, they, they, they have similarities. So we thought, why not do a podcast special where we just talk about these things? We're also going to, we're going to talk about what we think of the show. And we've also got a couple of games that we're going to play around the shows. Um, we've also got your audience feedback. So Matt did a tweet yesterday on the IGN UK account and asked what you guys think of the shows. So we're going to read some of that, some of those out later. So let's kick off. Uh, what should we kick off with? Rings of Power, Jesse, because I looked right at your face then. Rings of Power is definitely the one I feel... glowing. You, 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 you've you got want to talk about it. <laughs> well, I mean, where do we where do we begin? I feel like there's so much to talk about with the I mean, two hours. Let's, let's start off with... Let's do some overview. Like, What's your general impression so far of Rings of Power? I'm very much enjoying Rings of Power, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, I think... I know we're going to get onto it later, but there's this current juxtaposition between House of the Dragon where... You know, everyone is telling you, like, you're a bastard and they're going to chop your head off and, you know, fuck off and stuff like that. And then you've got the more, like, typical fantasy dialogue in terms of Rings of Power. It's more about that adventure, that sort of spectacle of, like, theatrical fantasy. I've always loved about Middle-earth. So having those two shows sort of 
together at the same time that you can sort of watch back and forth and really enjoy. Yeah. But Rings of Power specifically, I'm very much enjoying. Cool. We'll moment. get we'll get to House of Dragon. We'll, we'll, let's yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. them one at a time. But uh, so Rings of Power, Matt, what's your overall impression so far? I caught that first episode um, like last week, and I wasn't really feeling it to begin with, and kind of set it aside. I was like, you know, um, Gladriel stuff at the beginning didn't really catch me. Could kind of like feel myself just reaching for my phone and like not mm. really paying all that much attention. And I was like, I'm going to set this aside and get back to it when I'm really in the mood. And lo and behold get an invitation to go onto the IGN UK podcast. So I had to <laughs> rush up and do my homework. And um, I spent last night watching both of the episodes that are currently available. And a little moment happened during the second episode where I was like, I'm in here now. I'm like, I'm all about this. This is so like, this has captured me, the kind of writing that they're doing. It's like mm. interesting little tidbit that's happened that I hope they see that I see way more of. Um, yeah, just go right into it. Uh, it's the uh, Thorin and Elrond scenes, right? Yes, yeah. um, like the idea of them trying to focus on what immortality means uh, in the scale of the people that you hang out with when you're immortal. Like the idea of somebody just loving his friend so much that he's angry that he just hasn't seen him for twenty years because it seems like he doesn't care. Is such an interesting thing to do with the concept of immortality because oh, you don't it... really see that in. Was that with Prince Urin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I, I guess in like elves can live up to you know thousands and thousands of years, and I guess for Prince Durin, like not seeing your friend for twenty years. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's his line bad, is, and that's just his line is literally line. has it only been twenty years? Which is like yeah. what? Like yeah, <laughs> and the two of them fell out just because it's like I don't think you care about me because you've missed most of my life and it doesn't matter <laughs> to you. It's like, it's utterly brilliant. So um, I completely agree with that, by the way. Like, I thought episode two was so much better than episode one. And I think mm. the dwarf element of it was something that really, really won me round. Like, I, like even from Lord of the Rings, um, I find elves to be painfully dull. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think they're really dull and boring characters. Um, it's like, congrats, you live for 5,000 years. Like, where's the sense of drama there? But <laughs> the uh, but you're right, like their interactions with the other races is what makes them interesting. And as soon as we entered uh, Khazad-dûm, like the, the show just sort of changed for me. Like mm. I, I was so into the dwarves and I, I'm into the humans as well because humans in these world worlds are just painted as these really like fallible creatures like the, the things that are just riddled with mistakes and problems yeah. and issues and they're extremely corruptible and i think that's the interesting part about it the plight of the elves which the first episode was majority was the elves and the halfwoods right yeah um, i found that to be quite dull like i'm not sure about the how i feel about the halfwoods right now i think their yeah. dialogue's really good like it's all like quaint and folksy like their like idioms are really fun but yeah, I'm not interested in the plot, especially. It's meant to take you back to, you know, how the Fellowship of the Ring opens with just seeing Hobbiton and all the Hobbits and how just they interact and that sort of, like, comfy culture of Middle-earth mm -hmm. and stuff and how, I guess, ultimately, they're, they're going to be the characters, I guess, we follow because they're the sort of fresh faces. They're the ones who are always meant to be, you know... They're the proxy the for the audience, right? They're, yeah, 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 they're, they're learning when you're learning, you know. Yeah. That, I guess, that, but, but I got that vibe way more with the Hobbits and Lord of the Ring than I am so far with the Rings of Power. Um, yeah. That 
I mean, who knows what this storyline is with the stranger and the meteor and stuff. Mm. It's like, but I'm, um, it's feeling a little bit contrived for me right now, but like, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I definitely think there's interest. I definitely have an idea of who I think the stranger is supposed to be. I don't, they don't call him the stranger for no reason. Right. Like, <laughs> it's definitely going to be revealed as somebody important down the line. He's yes. Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> he just shrinks before. Fuck everything movies. up. Yeah. Everyone will uh, be pissed off. Cool. So, like, I'm, like I, so, Jesse, how did you feel about the first episode? Because me and Matt have just, you know, um, outlined that we were massive fans of it at first, but we've sort mm. of grown to like it in the second episode. How did you find it off the bat? Yeah, I think for me, I'm coming at, coming at it from an angle that I've always loved a lot Super of Tolkien's fun. works and stuff. Like, you know, in secondary school, I was reading through um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit. And I also had the films as well and the games, massive fans of um, just that entire world essentially and i guess if you're going to watch any sort of adaptation of tolkien's work it's going to be a bit slower paced at first so i was gonna i was expecting that from the bet like looking at the fellowship of the ring it takes about an hour or so until frodo you know encounters the ring wraiths and the film actually mm -hmm. gets going so i was expecting something a bit slower um and there's a lot to tell in terms of the story of the rings of power um and they're already trying to condense what they have because the text is spread across you know a massive span of time over you know, two or 3,000 years of like world building or whatever. Um, and I think so far, just even on like a sort of visual spectacle um, sense, like Tolkien's world building is immense in power. And a lot of what I'm seeing in Rings of Power is, I guess, speaking to me in terms of how the show is presented. Like it's got that sort of Peter Jackson familiarity to it because you've got places like Linden, which is, you know, similar to Rivendell. So people can sort of connect with that. But then on the flip side of that, you've got Casa Doom and you're seeing that in its heyday. And, you know, you only see that in, you know, briefly in A Fellowship of the Ring where it's Moria and you've got the Balrog and stuff and all these locations, everything that is visually being presented to me just looks fantastic and intricate and well lived in. And I'm, I think that's because <laughs> like the first episode is a little bit dry, but it's in terms of what's being treated to me as a fan, I'm really yeah. enjoying, I guess. So um, I think it's something that we haven't mentioned so far, what you've just brought up is like, I think it goes without saying that visually like Rings of Power is spectacular, right? Yeah. It looks incredible. The set designs are incredible. The costumes, everything about the way it's presented is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's, that's something that can, you can hide behind a, a bad story behind. Oh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Not that for saying sure, this is sure. a bad story so far. I think it's a bit of a mixed bag so far and we'll see mm. where it goes. But um, I did see a lot of the narrative being talking about the visuals first and not necessarily the story aspect of it, which obviously is the most important part. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I think it's a, a bit of a cliche to say it now because everyone's kind of saying it, but you can see the money on the screen, right? Yeah, this, isn't, this like, isn't this meant to be the most expensive TV show ever I, produced so far? About right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that's, that's definitely clear to see and stuff. And I guess when it comes to the first ep episode specifically, there's a lot of little references and i guess callbacks and stuff to that if you've read the text if you've read you know the appendices in return of the king or the silmarillion you'll get those references but there's so much information in the first episode you're you know starting to learn about valinor and you know what that means to the elves you'll learn about morgoth and stuff and mm. all these things that if you've only ever watched peter jackson's trilogy you're not going to know really about any of this so it's sort of it's trying to reintroduce yourself to something that feels a bit familiar but also entirely new as well which yeah. can be a lot because i saw a lot of people online saying there's like a gazillion characters i'm trying to remember right now in the rings of power and i totally get that 
but that's I don't with, feel overwhelmed though. No, that. I feel like that's with most fantasy shows, right? Like. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember, like, if you hadn't read A Song of Ice and Fire and you were watching Game of Thrones for the first time, Jesus, that took age. I remember my folks uh, watching it and I just, I constantly had to remind them of character names <laughs> and who people were and stuff. Yeah. And only because I committed it all to memory by reading mm. a lot about it. Um, yeah. You really have to seek it out. But you're right, with Rings of Power, I think, I think with every new fantasy show, they're like, supremely like aware of that can be an issue so they, yeah. they definitely try like the fact that the dwarves and even some of the um oh what's the place where like Isildur lives what's that place called Isildur um oh, shit, come on jesse has, mate the name's fucking <laughs> escaped me right now and it's really bothering me oh, no. you'll, you'll come up with it but it's a major city and we haven't even yes. seen that yet and we like should have gotten a like, talking expert on for this we yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, jesse know, i know jesse knows it because i've heard him talk about it before he's just because he's put on the spot that's all it is oh, um keep thinking keep thinking and i'll, and I'll carry on but the, yeah so we weren't even introduced to all the huge section of the characters because we've been seeing the media rounds i know who the main characters are and like so many of them haven't even been introduced yet. So I think they're, they're, they're treading lightly with that. And the, I've seen the complaint about the pace. Um, I don't think that's a massive issue for me so far. I think it was just, I found the first episode to be boring more than anything. Um, but the, but the pace definitely picked up the, the thing I'm unsure of right now is the tone of the show. It mm. feels like, so I always perceive Lord of the Rings to be like, well, it, it is extremely child friendly, right? With, with, element like scary elements but for the children whereas yeah. this feels like it's it has little bits of that but it's, it's a little bit more dark and um a bit more aggressive like there's a fight scene in the second episode which is quite intense which wouldn't feel out of place in game of thrones yeah um so i'm not really sure where it sits right now however it's only two episodes in so that might all also just to revert back my mind is unlocked that it's the isle of numenor there and we, Numenor. Cities. That's there we go there we that go. was really yeah. bugging me people were screaming <laughs> into the podcast about that <laughs> letters, yeah. i'm wondering oh. um if this show is going to uh show Celebrimbor turning into a ghost and then uh becoming but, friend of a guy with a broken sword it's definitely not going to be following that series of oh, games but i mean uh, no idea what you're talking about so <laughs> um, was it shadow of mordor yeah, game shadow of mordor oh, stuff, okay, if you've ended right. up playing that and stuff and and that's the thing it's like rings of power takes place during the second age of middle earth and like give or take that's like three thousand years before the events of lord of the rings and right. right now things seem happy because a lot of the races and societies within middle earth are at their height of power but there's going to be five seasons of this show with it what i'm guessing is going to culminate into the prologue of the Fellowship of the Ring, that big battle that Peter Jackson first mm. showed, but things are going to get like extremely dark in this show, and I'm right. trying to gauge mm. how they're going to handle that because it's not quite obviously Game of Thrones where people are getting their heads lopped off and you know guts all over the screen and stuff, but there's there's some nasty shit that happens. Oh, I can imagine now there's going to be just a like a nice like oh we're we're doing this fresh mining exhibition we're we're going to go to this new little tunnel and be like oh we're so excited about the things that we're going to find in this new tunnel they do one little crack and then the Balrog appears yeah it just and comes then, and fucking yeah. eats them it's going to be it like it'll be such a like celebration party episode as well they're going to have a festival planned yeah so it feels like happens. In terms of demographic, then it's aiming for people like yourselves who grew up as children watching Lord of the Rings, yeah. but now are adults and are just more interested in diving further into it, which, mm. you know, it's not a bad angle, but like it, 
it feels a, like quite far away from what the original like Hobbit book was supposed to be. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, we, that's we've, just like that's a children's book essentially. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But that's what he wrote them as children's yeah, books yeah, to yeah. begin with. You know, and it's sort of it's like every iteration of 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 this world it gets a little bit darker and a little bit more adult. You know, yeah. Um, I suppose there's similarities with like Star Wars in in a way where the first film is you know very much a children's film, mm. and then over time people have grown up with it and they've clamoured for it to be darker and more serious. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but let's go to something that isn't trying to be anything like a children's show <laughs> in any way, st stretch of all. So we've also got House of the Dragon. We've had three episodes of House of the Dragon. It's the uh, Game of Thrones prequel series. It was a uh, cute set. little pug in that last episode. I think kids would like that. <laughs> That's true, the that, first thing that came to mind. That really <laughs> threw me pugs. off, actually, when I saw it. I was like, are pugs in Westeros? Yeah, exactly. The existence of pugs. in <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So what's uh, let's start with you, Matt. What's your general thoughts of House of the Dragon so far? Uh, I think it's kind of finding its way. I think it's. I, I feels weird to say this now because I was quite enjoying it, but I like I'm more excited to see more Rings of Power than I am more House of the Dragon, and okay. I would have felt completely differently about that um, even yesterday. Um, like I, I think that it's it's doing interesting things, but it feels very Game of Thrones light. Like the stakes yeah. don't seem as high, the characters just don't seem as interesting. But this is the first season of a show compared to you know uh, six seasons of something previously. Like you know, my mm. feelings about that grew over time. I, mm. It's maybe a sore comparison to think about like how it sits now when I've only watched three episodes of it. But I just I don't think I care enough. <laughs> interesting, <laughs> uh, Jesse. What do you think? Um, yeah, like I think. People are still kind of miffed about, you know, that hype train, which was three years ago. And then the final season of Game of Thrones just being kind of naff. But I'm sort of surprised how quickly I found myself sort of getting back into that Game of Thronesy Westeros sort of uh, mood and stuff. I feel like um, the current cast are good, <laughs> like the the Targaryens and stuff. I think it's um, the name Millie Alcock who plays. Um, she plays a younger version of Rhaenyra, yeah. Yeah, and I think she does a really. I think she's doing a really good job. And then you've got a uh, Matt Smith, who's just uh, a lot. A lot of the Targaryens really look like sort of funky Witcher cosplayers. Stuff, <laughs> I really just can't get that out of my. You see head. him at MCM Expo as a like a knockoff yeah. Geralt. Yeah, I totally but, uh, get it. Um, so, so far, like I'm enjoying the more like political chess game that's happening in the episodes that you're not really going to get in Rings of Power. Um, yeah. Just thinking about you know the. What is it, King Viserys and stuff? Yes. Like how how much of like a pliable sort of happy king he wants to be, but then you're seeing like these people sort of like slowly coming towards him and sort of manipulating him. I'm, I like that, but yeah, as as of now, I'm just I'm I'm sort of enjoying it on a very surface level, just because I the only time I've ever gotten into Game of Thrones is through the TV show. I've never read any of the text, so I've never been exposed to the more like wealth of lore and story there is. I guess. It really made me smile when you called it the text. text yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the text. Book, the it's called a book. Um, uh, so I've got to disagree with you, Bev, and say... It's the fucking bomb. I absolutely love House of the Dragon. <laughs> like, everything about it. From minute one, I was like, yes, this is the Game of Thrones that I love. Mm. I'm so happy to be back. Everything feels familiar to me. I've read quite a lot of the books. I've read Fire and Blood as well, which is this is loosely based off. Mm. I think it's um, 
fantastically performed. It's also one of my biggest problems you might have gathered from the Lord of the Rings stuff is that it, how childlike it can be, um, yeah. how whimsical it can be, whereas Game of Thrones feels like just the right level of fantasy, but also real world, political, blurred, violent yeah, yeah. sex as well. You know, like it's exactly what I want in high fantasy. So fantasy I know it's a, for gamers. Yeah. <laughs> so I know, for adults. Uh, I know it's a, it's a personal preference, but for me, it's like, it is succession, but it's with mm. dragons, right? Mm. Yeah. It's like, it is, it, and I like, absolutely love succession. I love the Sopranos, which all both, you know, they kind of follow the same format, right? It's yeah. about a man at the top and his family below him and competing for power, right? And who can get to the top? And I just find that super interesting. I also love that, although um, I absolutely loved Game of Thrones for a long time, there's no doubt it was it was dense, right? There was a lot going on. There's a lot of families, yeah. a lot of names. Um, whereas this is purely focused on the Targaryens and just everyone within their circle, their close circle. Yeah. Um, we barely leave King's Landing as well, and I think that's in an early stage. I think that's massively to its benefit as well. It's keeping the story mm. focused on this family and the conflicts that arise from this family. Yeah. Um, I also just. Like everything about the presentation of this world is just really speaks to me. The one thing I wasn't a massive fan of was the fact that they reused the Game of Thrones music mm -hmm. because yeah, I found that I, weird. It well to me, this feels like Better Call Saul, right? In a way, uh, um, that's a stupid comparison because no, it's I get you know, it. yeah, it needs because to stand it's on a prequel, its own, right? right? Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a prequel <laughs> that's kind of telling its own unique story, not just replicating the story again. Yeah. But, Sorry, I'm going to burp. Oh, God. Uh, but Better Call Saul um, obviously had its own theme music and presentation like that. Mm. I, I felt like they could have even um, took the Game of Thrones theme tune and just like done a version of it like they did for The Johnson Wire every it, season. Put a little trap beat underneath it. Yeah, just, well, just, whatever, man. Uh, just, just mixed it up a little bit like they did with the title sequence in terms yeah. of the graphics. Mm. Um, it's a minor complaint. It does also feel great to on a Monday morning in the UK, Sunday evening in the US, to turn that thing on and hear the HBO noise and then hear yeah. the, the sound of that music come through. It's like I really nostalgic it. memories. I literally yeah. think that's why they did it. They were like, yeah. we've already written one of the best TV themes that's ever been written. Mm. Why would we try and do that again? Like, mm. let's just, we've already got it. We've got the, we've got the WAV yeah. file. Just I'll knock <laughs> it over to you. Pop yeah. it on. Yeah. Um, I also love about this show. Um, so I understand from Rings of Power they're heavily condensing time because yeah. of how long elves live for and how mm. long and, and how long other species don't. Uh, whereas this is like jumping ahead massively in time. Like it went first episode went six months, second episode went two years into the future. Yeah. And I know there's big time jumps mm -hmm. to come as well. I know some of our staff on the US side have seen quite a lot more of it and they've said mm. that like it it jumps which well, there's different, there's different for. cast members for the younger cast as mm. well. Um, and also the fact that they've signed on for a season two. Like I said, I've read Fire and Blood, so I kind of know what happens to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see how far down the Targaryen line they go. Um, even if it, could it potentially even one day go all the way through the years to get up to when Mad King Aerys yeah, was in charge and then Robert's Rebellion. I was, was going to say they'll definitely like how... do Robert's Rebellion as the end. I think like, yeah. that makes total sense like, for me. How, how far back is House of Dragon compared to Game of Thrones? It's just like 100 years or No, so. 200 years. Um, okay. 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones, but we're already caught up free now. <laughs> like, <laughs> two and a half. Um, but yes, but there is going to be huge time jumps and there's, mm. um, there's lots of Targaryen rulers from now up to Game of Thrones. So... 
it, although fundamentally it doesn't sound like the best show idea, like constantly killing off your main characters and replacing them with new characters, that is kind of the Game of Thrones way to a certain degree. I yeah, just I, I think people how good it is that like the the current plot threads are about lineage they're mm -hmm. about like people wanting to secure a future for their house yeah. And yeah if you skip far enough in time you get to see their anxieties come true yes like mm. if their houses completely disappear it meant that the things that they were worried about right now in the show were actually important yeah. and like yeah. to be able to do that on a long enough time frame is like a unique thing for this kind of story like yeah. that's mm. actually really cool and also, like, this, I'm trying not to spoil here, but this is also, I can assure you, this is the beginning of the end for the Targaryens. So they've had their peak. Um, this yeah. is, like, you know, if you watch Game of Thrones, like, the dragons all die out. Um, mm. Obviously, by the end, it's just a mad king ruling things and they have to take him down. Um, there is lots of drama in between then. And seeing these things, not just on the paper, but on the, as the written word, but seeing them come to life is like the super text. appealing for me. Yeah, the yeah. text, yeah. Um, so thing, yeah. Um, King Viserys is like, I've noticed in, like throughout the episodes, he mentions that there was, I think a time before where they're already at like an even greater power and stuff. And there was even a lot more dragons beforehand from okay, what I've so understood. Yeah, what you're thinking of is Valeria. Um, when yeah, it that's was the, it. Um, but yeah, a hundred years before there was the doom of Valeria, but the Targaryens were actually... Um, just one of the families that existed with dragons. Then they were the mm, okay. ones. Well, this is I'm really getting into it here. But one of the, one of the king's daughters had a vision of the doom of Valeria, so they left. Uh, they oh. got laughed at for leaving. <laughs> but because they they were the only ones that left that could ride dragons, they became yeah. like a major power. That's right, okay. a short version cool. of it. Um, yeah, I'm super into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I like as soon as I started watching the show again, I was all on YouTube theory videos and <laughs> like doing all my reading again. It's like. I'm very heavily invested, but I also think the 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 writing and the performances is just like really, really, really good. Who so knew far. we could get yeah. this out of Paddy Constantine? You know, yeah. I mean, what? he's <laughs> he's got such a unique character to play as well because Viserys is he's a he's a bad king, right? But he's a good yeah. man, and mm. it's like it's a it's a weird sort of dynamic for a Targaryen to be put in power, but not to be abused by that power, and just just like the fact of you know he. He doesn't want to force Rhaenyra to do this stuff. He wants her to be willing on it. Yeah. Whereas, like the, the Targaryen history is full of it's full of some good kings, but mostly kings that abuse their power as well. If, so if you even watched like you know Stannis Baratheon would have been the like the biggest like um, allegory in the other show. Like he didn't give a fuck. He was like, I'm, <laughs> "You're gonna do what I say because I'm I'm the I'm the guy." Yeah, he wasn't even the king. <laughs> he just wanted to Oh, wait, to be no, I don't mean Stannis Baratheon. I mean, oh, Robert Baratheon, do you mean? No, I mean um, Joffrey? Tywin, Tywin Lannister. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a nasty piece of work. I could talk about Game of Thrones for hours, but I'm aware that I'm like just uh, <laughs> rambling No, but it's, 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 it's cool to hear just because like, I don't know much just about that world other than the show and stuff, and I'm just enjoying seeing how, because it's, it's bait from the start that things are going downhill just in terms of yeah. like political parties hating each other and how, like I said, that sort of... Uh, encroaching circle on the king and how he just can't do much despite wanting to be a nice guy and something's already eaten him away anyway that yeah. literally and and uh and metaphorically as well because yeah. like he we've seen already that you know the the, the iron throne is literally killing him it's so funny honestly him up literally killing him they're like oh do you like allegories do you like metaphors <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <laughs> do, do you like that the chair is killing him <laughs> yeah <laughs> I it's just a, thought he caught sepsis or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just well, a, now. every episode they're showing a new wound that he has. Yeah, new, I know. Lo, like, <laughs> I mean, 
but then it, yeah the idea there is that the iron throne almost has a will of its own and it's just mm. like if you can't even sit in this throne without being hurt then you don't deserve to be king also know? superficial thing but there's more swords on the iron throne now than there was mm. before it's like on the stairs now and stuff is there a reason for that uh i think it's just the more closely aligned with the book vision which was oh, okay. thousands of swords piled high piled like 10 right. 15 feet high okay um and i guess it's it's that but also you know i guess over time they, uh, maybe, they, they tidied they it up. Tidied it, it up and blunted some of the sword ends so <laughs> yeah. people aren't getting cut by it all the time. I even feel um, like in the other show, there is a line of dialogue that's like, you know, that's not the real Iron Throne or something like that. I yeah. feel like I remember that being That said. does ring a bell. I'm not sure um, exactly. I also think um, Reese Siffens as Otto Hightower, the Hand of the King, is like Very good. a really, mm. really good performance so far as well. They're playing this someone who, you know, has the king's interest in heart and is loyal, but also is plotting behind his yeah. back constantly his interests come first even though he's the one that's doing uh yeah, advising like, the, the other advisor that seems to be giving like really good advice that goes against his own interest is like when is this gonna flip i'm yeah, like, I'm strong. About this. yeah. i can't remember his first name but his second name strong and yeah, he's mm. he's a very interesting character like yeah the, the council on the round table and then also you've got the dynamic of um corliss the sea snake and damon's alliance as well and dealing with the crab feeder and the yeah. crab feeder stuff has just presented the most the coolest imagery as well. <laughs> like that, the look of him as well. Just was a just weird like, guy. He's a little goblin man. Yeah, it's super <laughs> weird and I loved it. Um, and we obviously had a spectacular fight scene in the, the third episode as well. I won't say what happened, but mm. I thought it felt like the Game of Thrones of old and I'm very excited for it to be back. But I understand yeah. like, you know, your guys' opinions as well. We'll see. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, we should come back to this at the end of the season, I think. We should do <laughs> like our like first impressions and then we should do like, all right, mm. which one which one won in the end? Which yeah, one's the winner of television? <laughs> that's the thing. I'm enjoying them for like very different reasons. Like Rings of Power as of this point doesn't have all that like political backstabbing that's gonna occur. It has even occurred already in yeah. the House of the Dragon. I'm very much enjoying that. And also just like the way families treat each other in Game of Thrones and House of Dragon, it's like the fucking Otto Hightower being like, you're my daughter, just spend some time with the king. I'm like, that's fucking grim. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even say it as well. I love that yeah. he's like... He just looks at her and he's like, okay. Yeah, great. but that she can infer what he wants. Like, yeah. spend some time with just, the king. Wink. It's just nasty. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it's in, but elements of it are indicative of medieval Europe, yeah, right? Yeah, so, sure. And also, like, Targaryen history is full of that in that in that world, it's established that the Targaryens are like gods amongst men and they can kind of do whatever they want to do. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot about like uh, bloodlines and stuff and it's like he's of pure Valerian ascent and stuff. So it's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> but I, 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 but but it's it's all political moving. There's not yeah, the, yeah. There's no, apart from um, Viserys' love for his, his wife, mm. we know what happens to her. There's <laughs> never really the mention of love in the show. It's always about political yeah. manoeuvring and machinations. You know, I don't get the feeling that anyone's going to be hugging each other anytime soon and saying, oh man, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> he loves and the, the And the cool thing about it, like what you said, Matt, visiting at the end of the season, we know for a fact that House of Dragons been renewed for a second season. Mm. And um, I know Amazon have said five seasons of Rings of Power. <laughs> that feels bold. Like, what if the show dies on its ass, like, on the second season? Do you really think they're going to keep spending all that money on this thing? Yeah, like that's, that's why I'm, like, intrigued. I feel like house of the dragon has more of an ability to like if things get a little bit weaker still trot along but like if rings of power suddenly takes a nosedive 
I'm trying to just imagine what that looks like. Imagine that they have a hard time doing that. Imagine they take a step back in the budget for the third season. (laughs) That's the the problem. I think House of the Dragon has been smart in its approach to spending its money on this, like its visual presentation. It's more about the characters and the dialogue and the story. Rings of Power is heavily reliant on the way it looks. Yeah, they've they've gone all out for that. And I'm just worried like season four is just going to be like, guys, small sets, one green screen only. We're poor now. (laughs) And puppets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think Amazon are going poor. We've only got one ring this time, guys. (laughs) We've reduced the amount of rings. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Sauron wanted all along, Jesse. (laughs) Uh, It's a good cost-saving measure. Yeah, you know, they factor this into the budget. Uh, Sauron was just about the budget ultimately yeah. that's what he was doing mm. <laughs> he's like why do we need 19 <laughs> rings or whatever I could just have one that rules them all easy Genius. cost efficient <laughs> <laughs> right there's a um, before we before we get onto a little game um, there's also that other show with dragons welcome to Wrexham Jesse have you watched welcome to Wrexham I don't even know what it is it sounds okay. vaguely football yes but I wanted to really make sure you watch this show, right? Oh, okay. Because I'm I think now. <laughs> no, I think this is your gateway to football. Like yep. Drive to Survive was your gateway to F. Okay, is it a documentary? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it is a documentary oh, shit, about okay. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney oh, uh, yeah. buying Wrexham AFC Football Club, mm. who are a small little Welsh team that are in the National League. Sorry, not in yeah. the. They're below the like the. the That's the main dream. Pyramid. They'd love yeah. to be in the National League. <laughs> they um. Yeah, and it's a documentary about how not only they bought the club, but then the club, like adjusting to life, being owned by a couple of Hollywood celebrities. Yeah, uh, Matt, Matt, have you watched it? All? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I think the fifth one just came out, which I haven't seen yet. So uh, mm. yeah, I'm up, I'm up before that point. And what do you um, think? I so think it's far? great, honestly. Uh, I should say I'm ethnically Welsh, so this is uh, <laughs> my tie to this show. It's like I want to get, a, I want to get a feel for my uh, my home homeland. <laughs> Um, and I don't really care about football even slightly, but it's been, it's been nice. Like this, like rural community that kind of the the way the show presents it, you know, I realize there's way more to it, but they feel as if the success of their community is inexorably linked to the success of this football team. Mm -hmm. And the team hasn't been doing very well for the last like 15 years. And so it feels as if the community is kind of, you know, downtrodden as a consequence of that. And so Rob and uh, the more famous one, I can't believe I'm Rob and Ryan. Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone loves Rob. Yeah. Uh, Rob and Ryan uh, taking over like the first episode where that gets announced. Like everybody is like, one, what? And two, like, oh my God, what does this mean for the success of our whole like Iowa community? Yeah. So do you you see the fresh perspective from the plays like before they've been... You talk to them afterwards. You don't speak to any of them beforehand, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, but even then, the the tribulations of them, like there are some, there's one player that's getting paid significantly more than the rest of them, Hmm. and like some of the players don't feel good about that because they're like, well, we're in a terrible division. Uh, None of like, oh, I won't spoil the joke, but they're they're in a position where they're like really not balling. And yeah. <laughs> there's this one guy that's doing great. And so there's kind of an animosity there too. Like, it's mm. yeah, it's really cool. I mean, but to be fair to him, that one player was pulling him up by the bootstraps yeah, yeah. and he also, <laughs> came, also came from like a league above and he should be playing a league higher than mm. that as well. So it kind of, I think they're doing the football player thing of, you know, they're taking the piss out of him constantly about it, <laughs> but they also understand the situation, mm. you know? Um, I think it's it, it reminds me of one of my favorite football documentary shows which is uh, Sunderland Till I Die 
um, which is a fantastic show about a club that was massively on a downward spiral. They managed to film it when they got relegated from the Premier League and then they got a successive relegation to League One straight afterwards, which is, for a Premier League team, that's a disaster. And mm. it kind of followed them through the journey. And that was also about the fans of Sunderland like living and dying on their team. Their team's success brought success to the city and vice versa. Um, and it reminds me a lot of that in terms of the presentation of Wrexham as a place and, you know, the fact that it's, it's a struggling town. Mm. Um, and, uh, but with the added um, interesting element on this one is that we've got two Hollywood celebrities that have swung in, swooped in, I should say, and um, are investing big into this team. But not only are they investing into it, um, they're clearly passionate about it. They're becoming fans. They care about the details. They're watching all the, they're getting up at ridiculous o'clock to watch the games. Yeah. You can tell like, and I follow Rob McElhenney uh, for, with a lot of stuff. Like I listen to always sunny podcast and uh, I follow him on Twitter and things like that. He's always talking about Wrexham. He's always wearing a Wrexham hat. Like, they are. They learnt Welsh as well. Like they are super <laughs> oh, invested. That is very dedicated. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah, and um, I think that comes across on screen. It really bleeds through. There's um, there is a scene where they talk about the fact that they didn't make uh, the playoffs, um, and they openly say to each other on the phone, "Right, we've got to make changes. We've got to get rid of people." And they sack like ten first team players and the manager almost immediately. Mm. And in any other situation, that would appear like absolutely ruthless and brutal, these people losing their jobs. But there's something about these guys, the way they do it. There's an element of charm to where you're like, yeah, I respect that. I understand that. And they, they they've do, just got the um, best interests of the club. They do vox pops with the community as well. And they only yeah. do it from people that are like, no, they had to. Like, we weren't winning. So why are any of these people still around? Like, that helps ground it in not just like these yeah. lads that have swanned in and, you know, think they can change everything. It's well, like that's the, the thing. community agrees. I was really concerned when that first happened. I was like, this is going to look really, even though it's just a part of life with a football team, mm. I thought this is going to make them look like the villain, the bad guy. And then the way it was put together was so clever than the fact that I actually, yeah, I didn't think that at all. And um, like you said, they have a really interesting element to the show, which they did in Sunderland Till I Die, which is they meet the working class people that are just super fans of Wrexham. And you find out a bit about, there's one guy you find out about, he's just recently gone through um, a divorce with his wife and he's got he's looking after his kids and he doesn't get to see his kids as much anymore. But Wrexham is the thing that he looks forward to every week. Mm. And um, they do a great job of painting um, a vision of the community as well as with that juxtaposed with these Hollywood superstars who are in LA yeah. taking their calls in the, these big fancy studios and stuff. Um, but they all feel connected as well. It, like it's, it's a fantastic show so far. I, like I saw, I didn't get to it till this week. And then I watched all four episodes in one night because I was so invested nice. in it. Um, Is yeah. it meant to be sort of like a continuous sort of show like Drive to Survive? Because basically every new season of F1, they're probably just going to be continuing this I reckon uh, it'll depend on the success of this. I can't yeah. imagine that they wouldn't do a second season. Like they must already be filming for it. But. I mean, the reality is, um, <laughs> this is like this is like when you've read the books for like House of Dragon, <laughs> and but I know what happens in this yeah. season, what they're covering yeah. right now, because it's happened in real life. Um, so I and there is also there is drama at the end of last season, and then um, obviously we've got what's going on right now with Wrexham. Um, they're doing pretty good, aren't they? At the minute. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, what I also loved as well, uh, something that can only really happen because they're celebrities, is um, in the most recent one that I watched, um, it's about their branding, like yeah. uh, them getting TikTok and Expedia on board <laughs> as sponsors. 
like couldn't have happened unless it was these two. And yeah. so it means that with better sponsorship, they get more money to be able to invest in. And like that is so interesting as an idea that before it was like some tractor company that was on the uh, on the <laughs> uniform, and now it's like you know massive brand. And like uh, you that's know, cool. Uh, yeah. Like, like they they are the la- they are the lowest league of professional players. Mm-hmm. Like below them, below those leagues, it's all amateur people. So like the money in sponsorship is practically nothing at that at that level. So the tractor company probably paid them a pittance to sponsor it, but now they've got now they're sponsored by TikTok, and like they probably and they got that sponsorship agreement because Ryan Reynolds agreed to do a few TikToks about yeah. them or with them. It's it's it's, it's, it's like it's a different worked. stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's, it's it crazy. Genuinely sounds interesting, like. I'm not interested in football in any capacity or, you know, most sports, I guess. Um, but it wasn't too long ago when I watched, I think it's called The Last Dance, which is a basketball documentary. Like, sure. yeah. yeah, don't care about basketball, but it seems interesting. I like the stories of, you know, what's actually affecting people within these sports, less so the sport itself. So yeah. it does sound cool. Mate, all sports are human stories at the end of the day. You know, yeah. it's about... Like it's about you know trying to improve and trying to better oneself and dealing with the yeah. struggles and the, it, ultimately football is a game of hope right it's always you're hoping what your team can do and you're looking for the vision of what you can achieve yeah um, and that you know that you don't have to be into sports to enjoy that mm. um, I would say check it out it, like the thirty no, minute I'll, episodes I'll, I'll, I'll so definitely watch it this give weekend. it a whirl give it a whirl do you like the inalienable power of the human spirit. Check out Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, Right. So, Matt, you've prepared a little game for us. Um, We're not going to call this an endless search game because this feels Mm. not like that. We've got another one of those coming up as well. So let's let's just dive into this. Endless search never happens. Uh, Yeah, sure. Let's do this. So uh, I uh, last time I was on, I did a, a fake anime names quiz. And it was so popular and successful. I think we looked at the stats. Was it? <laughs> we saw the numbers, millions. Yeah. Um, and so we've done that again, except not anime this time. Um, it's Game of Thrones names. Ooh. Have I made them up or are they real ones? I do feel um, like I've got a bit of an advantage. You've got a home team advantage on this yeah. one. Yeah. Although I, saying that, I guarantee you I'll embarrass myself. Yeah. The thing is, times. I remember my older brother, he's addicted to those books and mm. he was reading the books whilst having the audiobook out loud back when we used to live together what? so i heard <laughs> so much shit from that world that's i feel like maybe some names might nice. be like deeply reserved in like the data banks of my brains wait so he'd read the book and play the audiobook at the same time yeah okay cool <laughs> <laughs> i mean well, he, he likes the guy who narrated it i think yeah but why not just listen to it Oh, I guess so. <laughs> he just wanted to do something with his hands. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. To be if fair, you were I have too quickly. Would you have to speed the? Um... <laughs> That's the yeah. I guess it's like it's a way to pace the book. Yeah. Instead sure. of just right. you know, if you're like glancing over stuff and then you'd be like, oh, I actually forgot why I read a paragraph ago. I guess I, 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 I do, do that. I, I criticised it, but I can think of several times where I've read scripts of movies and stuff and watched the scenes and read along the scripts just to see what's changed. Yeah. So, yeah, like, absolutely, I've done stuff like that myself now that I think about <laughs> it. Uh, right. Name number one. Okay. So we just got to say true or false, right? And yep. me and Jesse have prepared images <laughs> on our phone that say true or false. So we're. I, I don't like it in these games when... Someone says true and it says, oh, like, I'll, oh say well, true I'll say true too. I'll say false then because yeah, you yeah. said, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I want a real game. We'll do, we'll do three, two, All one, right. then we reveal our answer. All right. I'll say the name and then I'll count down. Okay. Cool. Courtney Penrose. Three, two, one. 
by not giving you enough time. Sorry. That's right. That, that says true, but the focus yeah. is being silly. <laughs> it is correct, Courtney Me. Penrose. It's so one. we both said true. Yeah, we should probably read out what we're actually saying. <laughs> yeah, oh, <true>. yeah. <laughs> Wrexham. <laughs> I should have added Wrexham as one of these. That would yeah. be funny. <laughs> Davros Wrexham does sound like it could be like a game of Yeah. Oh, you've spoiled one. <laughs> <laughs> Roderick Stark. Three, um, two, one. I don't know. I'm going to go with Both said false. Uh, Only because there is a Roderick and there is Starks, but I don't remember the two ever being connected. It was real. That was a real one as well. Oh, oh, shit. I don't remember a Roderick. Well, there, there, is a Sir Rod- there is a Sir Roderick who lives at Winterfell, but he's not oh, okay. a Stark family member. So that's why I thought you were trying to trick us. <laughs> double, double bluffed. I meant to do that. Walter Hwent with an H. Ooh. Three, two, one. Jesse's gone full. Oh, both false. I'm sorry to tell you, that was real. Oh, oh, what? Who's called Walter? Myself. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Walter Frey? Or yeah. Walter, Walter Frey, actually? Yeah. Ooh, no. Uh, What's right. Mark, with a Q, Grafton. Mark Grafton? Yep. Mm. Three, two, one. Um, is that true for both of yeah, you? Yeah, that is a true. It's just Hold it closer well. to your face, Jesse. Hold it closer. There, to there you go. True. <laughs> Congratulations. So, so far you're on even points. Oh, ah. God. Oh, yeah. I should just hold it right next to my yeah, face. Yeah, hold right? it near to your face. Yeah. Uh, right. Next one. Aiden Mormont. Oh. Three, two, one. It's false. You absolutely no, correct. So false. Well done. We've got, we've got to read out what yeah. we're saying here. Yeah, oh, yeah, true. yeah. False. <laughs> no we'll one would be called... Next time. Oh, Aiden seems like too much of like a modern name yeah. to I, be you know what? in a Game of Thrones I, I think I can guess how you came up with that one. Because mm, so uh, Littlefinger's real name is Yeah, uh, Littlefinger's real name is Aiden. And yeah. then the Mormon oh. is obviously a family name. I've been trying to be a little bit tricky with some of these. Like, to try and like point you in the direction of like, oh, I think I know that. Um... Right, this one's. I think I'm gonna try and pronounce this correctly, <clears throat> which I better because I made it up. Um, yeah, I don't know. You just gave us a big hint. There. <laughs> um, Melantha Blackwood. Mm. All right, three, two, one. Mm? Oh, first little change. So I said false, around. and Jesse said true. Ah, hmm. uh, it is true. Ah, yep. oh, damn it! Blackwood seems like a fantasy name, like. It just seemed, <laughs> if, if it read to me like you'd picked two names and put them together. Yeah, mm. totally. <laughs> uh, next one is uh, Bill, Bill Rowan. Bill Rowan. That, that isn't like I haven't just put quotations. <laughs> like, his, like his nickname is Bill. <laughs> Bill Rowan. Three, two, one. False. false. Both hey, congratulations. False. You both, nice. You're both good at this game. I thought you were uh, going to have an advantage, uh, Dale, but... Uh, <laughs> so did so I. To be fair, just, I've only recognised about two of these based on names. just, like, whatever sounds, like, mm. too modern, or... Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to base it off. Uh, next one is Alan Tarly. That sounds mm. real. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. True. Ooh, another false. split. Um, it is actually real this time. So what? that's another Jesse. <laughs> uh, I thought that was another one where you'd just like, oh, how's Tarly? I'll just stick yeah, a yeah, name on front of it. Alan sounds pr- like a funny one to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. why I picked it. I was like, was oh, like, Alan's going in. 
It was like in the third episode of House of Dragon where they had Jason Lannister. I was going to say, sorry, that was going to kick this off. This is why I wanted to do this because Jason Lannister sounds like such a fake name. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next one. Cedric Payne. Okay. Cedric Payne. It sounds very Harry Potter. Oh, wait. Mm. Feels like Quickly check this deep one within well. his brain. I'm just like, whether you're trying to trick me or not. Like, because I know. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. All right, three, two, one. True. False. Oh, another split. It is true, actually. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> so obviously I know it's a Cedric and I know yeah. ill and pain as well. I thought that was another one where you were just trying to... Yeah. Oh, man. All right, we could uh, we could save our, we could potentially save ourselves some trouble here. Um, cause I've, got, <laughs> I've got three more. Okay. But Jesse's currently in the lead. So Jesse Imagine would have Lord to Lord of the Rings one and I was fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse would have to lose this in order for uh so we'll just play until uh either there's a draw or okay. a, or a okay. All right. clear winner. Uh Dorian Greyjoy. Okay. Three, two, one. True. Is it? It's fake, mate. That's oh, yeah. fake. Isn't, isn't, isn't Dorian Gray just an actual character? Yeah, that's oh, also no, right. he's playing Grey well. Joy. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, how did I not think of that? Oh, oh my God. Congratulations to uh, Jesse Gomez for being Jesus. the Game of Thrones expert. You are, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I bow down to your greatness, first of his name, Jesse the mm. King of the Andals much. from now on. Who's, who's Dorian Gray again? Isn't he that guy that like, can look at the painting, painting dies or some yeah. shit? Right. Yep. I know my Dorian Greys. <laughs> well, congratulations. Oh, Thank you. What do I win? Uh, my respect. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. I've yeah. always had your respect, though. It's okay. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's wavered. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, yesterday, Matt, you put out a, a tweet on IGN UK um, Twitter and asked our audience to send in some of their feedback. So, uh, shall we read some out? Um, I love that. I, I'll go for the first couple. This one's from John Roger hyphen Vegas vlog. He says, House of the Dragon thoughts. I bloody love it. It feels like early season Game of Thrones, but with the latter season budgets. The cast has grown on me, loving the political wrangling and Matt Smith is superb in his role as Daemon Targaryen. Oh, and dragons. Uh, <laughs> love a dragon, don't I? I, yeah. I think that pretty much sums up how I feel, feel about it. It's like, yeah, feels like early Game of Thrones because like the political chess yeah. parts and whatnot but then with a bit of a better budget yeah that's that, that really points it and also having dragons be a, a key part in every episode like yeah it's i like good dragons well. um <laughs> we also got a tweet from kieran who just says matt smith and then he puts a little thumb up so i think he, that means he supports matt smith i've, I've described smith. um good lad i've described matt smith in this show as kind of the poochie because any scene that he's not in, you're like, where's Matt Smith? <laughs> where is Damon Targaryen? Yeah. Everyone, all the characters should be asking where Damon is. Yeah. Uh, cool, Jesse, do you want to read a couple? Yeah, why not? This is from Paul. He says, enjoying both. Thumbs up emoji. Having a good Thursday through Monday of shows with Wrexham thrown in there too. More that, Wrexham you know, love. It's actually, the year what, of what, dragons. When do, what time does, or what, rather, when does Wrexham... Go live on Disney morning? Plus. I think it's Thursday morning, yeah. Oh shit! So Monday is House of Dragons. Wrexham is what do you say Thursday? I think so. And, yeah. And then Friday is Rings of Power. This and is a fantastic combination of just powerhouse TV. Throw a little She-Hulk in there as well. 
yeah. love, I love I'm not bothered to watch that. Uh, yeah. I love that we're combining. Like, everyone's just accepting now. Welcome to Wrexham is part of the great fantasy <laughs> like, resurgence. <laughs> Even though it's got nothing to do with them, apart from there's a dragon on the Welsh yeah. flag. <laughs> That's it. We've got another one from, uh, I think it's Chris Boots. I'm really enjoying House of the Dragon with its more intimate storytelling and deliberate pace. I'm not as hot on Rings of Power, possibly because I know exactly how key characters' stories play out, so there's no real sense of dread or urgency, but it's still early days. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm looking forward just to seeing how everything I know is going to be visually represented, I guess, compared to whatever my knowledge of House of the Dragons is, which apparently is immense. That's a that's yeah that is interesting actually because that's like the opposite of my opinion. I know what happens to a certain mm. degree in House of Dragons, but I'm enjoying it more. Whereas Ring of Power, I don't really. Apart from the fact I know Sauron forges the rings, like I don't mm. really know much else. But I'm not enjoying it as much. So that's interesting. Who's, who's um, next one who wants from, to read uh, next? Matt, do you want to do an, a couple more? Gulliver has said, "I'm personally waiting for Game of Thrones to finish before starting uh, Lord of the Rings." Oh, bold. How are you coping with juggling the, the two? Are you waiting for one to finish as well? Tell me your secrets. I, um, got, you got to blast through all of them, man. I couldn't uh, wait. Yeah, I don't know of anybody who's doing that. I, like, I think everyone's committed to watching both at the same time. Yeah. Um, I like having a little treat, you know? little little <laughs> treat drops into my lap every week. Just be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I love, I love to watch a little show. I don't... I feel like if I just sit and do one thing for, you know, however long, like the six or eight hours it would take to watch one of these shows, I'd feel like I'm just wasting my time personally. Yeah. Less a oh. lovely day that I've just missed. Little <laughs> like little little bit itty bit of time. That's that's mm. perfect for me. Yeah. I always feel like I've got at least two or three shows on the go as well. Mm. Like I never just only watch one show because mm. especially when it feels like we're getting a little bit back to the appointment viewing of weekly viewing. Hmm. especially when you've got a week to wait in between episodes it's like having like knowing that you another episode of the other tv show you're watching coming three or four days later like helps yeah. massively nice. i uh, think, yeah. i'm watching it's, a little bit of the resort um okay not great but it is fine um <laughs> you're not really <laughs> selling it to me yeah but i also think that it would kind of it's one of those ones that is like so okay that if it was a season of television all at once i don't think i would like it Okay. But watching it episode by episode is giving me a little bit of space to just like think about its storytelling a little bit. Mm. Um, do you want to read the next one, Matt? I'd love to. Swan Levitt has said, I thoroughly enjoyed both and would recommend it all. That being said, could happily put both aside now and never finish them. No real draw. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, I get it personally. Yeah. Like if, if something's okay, you're like, yeah, it, it's good. Enough. It's not impacting my life enough for me to bother. But if it, if it suddenly, if it falls out of the a DVD case and then ends up, the DVD rolls into the DVD player, yeah. <laughs> and then I accidentally watch it. I guess fine. this is the, inherently the problem with prequelitis, right? With mm. the, both of these shows obviously being prequels, we kind of know how it all ends for both of them. Mm. So they're, they're, like with Game of Thrones, it was like this desperation to know what how it all came together at the end. Um, so I get I get what you're saying a little bit there. We've got another similar comment from Liam that says that uh, House of the Dragon has great visuals like that of later seasons, but more focused singular storylines and tighter settings. Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, visuals and music are absolutely flawless. Episode one was slower due to exposition. Episode two was fantastic seeing Durin with Elrond, which is exactly my opinion. Liam, yeah. we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse, do you want to read the last one? Yes, from Gareth Bard? 
How do you say that? Bayard? Ba- I don't know. Uh, B-A-I-R-D. Gareth B. <laughs> Classic Gareth B. Very much enjoying both, and I like that they have different feels to them. I'm about to start cracking into Sandman too, so my fantasy needs are utterly fulfilled. That, yeah, that's it's a good show, actually. There's, there's a lot of good stuff to watch right now. If you like Sandman and Game of Thrones, you can check out the little clip that we did on TikTok with uh, Jesse and I meeting Gwendolyn Christie. Yep, there we go. That nice. that camera had to be raised up fairly high on that particular <laughs> we shot. We haven't told this joke on the show, actually. I might as well. So when we do that uh, red carpet, I haven't put the mic very close to some other actor. And Jesse reminds me, like, hey, when you um, when you next talk to somebody, make sure that the mic is really close to their face. And then Gwendolyn Christie, the, the tallest person that is, exists, walks around the corner. I'm like, mate, I'm going to have a little bit more yeah. trouble this time. She's the final boss of I've, that red carpet. I thought you were going to say that the mic tuple was like brushing her face. Like you were <laughs> getting Speak. inside there. <laughs> uh, awesome. Right. It's now time. Now it's time for the oh. Ember Search. Inside. It's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? We're gonna play Go On Name Them. It's a fantasy version of Go On Name Them. And if you're not familiar with that game, basically, I'm going to list, I'm going to explain uh, a topic and say there's this x amount of them and then what you've got to do between matt and jesse is bid and try and outbid each other um whoever gets the wins the bid has to guess them if they get one wrong or they miss one then the other person gets the point that's the game this is all themed around lord of the rings and game of thrones Uh, there's a mix of both uh right so who wants to start off with the first bid i'm going to tell you what it is in a second i just want to know who starts first uh, go scared. on, I feel brave. Okay, good. <laughs> Who is it? Matt's been in first. Okay, well, Matt, you chose wisely because the first one is an easy one. We're leaning oh, in. No. We're coming in easy. Hmm. There are nine members of the Fellowship of the Ring. How many of them can you name? What's your bid? Oh, God, I have to go high on this one because I know that Jesse can outdo me. <laughs> but I think I can do... At least eight, I think I can do. Well, you bid in eight. Yeah. Okay. Jesse, are you going to bid nine or are you going to concede? I'll have to go nine. Yeah, of course you do, mate. I knew. <laughs> right. Nine members of the Fellowship Ring. And Jesse, I'm going to be extra strict with you. I want proper names as well. What do you mean proper name? Like full entire <laughs> names? That would be bullshit. Well, we'll see how you get on. Okay. Okay. Well, you have... Frodo, Mary, Sam, whoa, 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 Pippin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One at a time. Frodo, okay. Frodo. What's his surname? Frodo Baggins. Okay. Right. Next one. <laughs> Don't you can't get me on the surname. That'd be such bullshit. Had to make it difficult some way. Ah. Oh, so um, Frodo Baggins. One. Okay. Then you have. Then you have Samwise Gamgee. Yes. Two. Then you have. Is it Mary Brandybuck? Yeah. Uh, close enough. It's Mary Doc. Mary Brandybuck. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then you have. Pippin, whose name I can't remember fully. Oh, come, come back to it. <laughs> oh, you could, no, that's such bullshit. Okay, I like yeah, It's uh, Peregrine Took. Per- Peregrine Took, oh. that's it. Um, and then you have... You're uh, a fool of a Took. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> then you have Aragorn. Yeah. Boromir. Yeah. Legolas. Yeah. Gimli. Yeah. Gandalf. He's Gandalf. Boromir was okay, the one yeah. that I couldn't quite grasp. Oh, he's my favourite. Sean Bean. 
Beautiful that, man. That was the easy one. We've come in easy. All right. We're, yeah. going, we're going something a little bit more difficult. So, in the books of Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, there are every chapter is themed around a character's point of view, not including the prologues or epilogues or any spin offs. How many of the 24 main character point of views can you name? Oh, I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> Jesse, how many do you want to bid? I've got a full list of all the characters. Uh, uh, it's 24 and they're all main character point of view chapters. Five? Five. Jesse bids five. Matt, what are you saying? Yeah, I might as well just do six. Okay, Jesse, you got an improve on that vid? Um, I'm trying to... It's based on characters' perspectives, yeah? So, yeah, the chapters are written and they'll say the character's name and it's based on their point of view. Uh, but there are... in term, The main ones, not including... There's some weird ones in, like, prologues and epilogues, but there's 24 of them that feature in all the books so far. Um, okay. And then they are main characters of the show as well, obviously. Um... What what have you gone with, Matt? Do you say seven? Six. He said six. six. Okay, I'll go with seven. Okay, one Matt. eight. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> I can't compete with that. <laughs> Are you selling Matt to name eight? Yes. Okay, Matt, go on name uh, eight of them. So I I haven't read the books, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure just through osmosis that I know. Uh, I, there's one where Jamie Lannister is one. Jamie Lannister is one, yes. Uh, Jon Snow. Jon Snow, yes. Sansa? Uh, let me just double check the list. Yes, Sansa, yes. Is uh, So this is the one, I'm going to have to say it because I want to know more than anything, even if I don't win. But is, is Reek a character? Going to need his proper name, I'm afraid. Uh, so that was it. I was like, is it actually? Because I think he does it as Reek, though, doesn't he? Uh, oh, not according Reek to this doc. Okay. I don't want to say the name because it gives it away. But oh, he shit, had six yeah. chapters in the Clash of Kings and seven in Dance of Dragons. So. Mm. Oh fucking! I've actually even lost his name now. Okay, so I maybe know move it's a Greyjoy, on. but uh, fuck. Um, Arya. Yes, Arya. Yeah. I got so far. <laughs> you got um, four so far. You need another four. Brienne. Brianna Tarth. Uh, yes, only not until the fourth book, though. So you got a lucky down there. You got five. You need three more. Uh, Ned. Uh, Edward Stark. Yes, I'll let you have that. Catelyn. Caitlin Stark. Yes, you need one more. Oh, God, this sucks. Um, <laughs> it'd be really funny if I was like, Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm you don't want to say that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what is the fucking Greyjoy's name? What Move on his... from him. Who yeah, are the other no, main characters? It's, it's just, it's a little brain drip now. I'm like, all of them are just like, oh, it's, I've lost any other character name than <laughs> the one I don't know. That's the worst thing about this game. It makes, mm. the, makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what really other characters are in this You need show. one more and I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to push you for an answer. Wait. Yeah, Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. There we hey. go. <laughs> um, Thank God. <laughs> one, ones you could have had was uh, Bran Stark, Daenerys, mm. uh, Tyrion, Davos, 
Theon Greyjoy. Theon. Uh, Jamie Lannister. Oh, did you say I Jamie? Had Jamie? Yeah. Uh, Samwell, uh, Cersei, uh, Aaron Greyjoy, Asher Greyjoy. There's a load of other ones here that you might not know. Um, Melisandre, even. Barrison Selmy, John Connington. I even read that Lannister. earlier when I was doing the other quiz that she was a point of view character at some yeah. point. I, oh, God. <laughs> you got the point. It's all good. Mm. You got the point. Right. Next one. We're back to Middle Earth. There, so this one might be picked apart. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But I found, uh, I ser- went searching for the answer and I found someone who appears to be a fan's opinion, but it was very, very well written that I imagine it's correct. Uh, so <laughs> don't shoot the messenger is what I'm saying. There have been nine people who have worn the one ring at one point. How many of those nine can you name? Worn is liberally used. I know that I can do three because I can't remember one of the lads' names that so, might make it four. Okay, but so Matt, are you any more three? than that, you will win. You got to bid each other, mate. You got to play poker. Sorry, with sorry. It. What did you say? Three. I think three is probably my max. So if Don't you can do more that, than that, you I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with four. Is there no improvement on that, Matt? Ugh. God, it would be tough. Don't risk it, Matt. Oh, no, I genuinely can't do it. It's because Jesse doesn't want to risk it. (laughs) You're right, I could have bluffed it, but no. Um, People don't play poker enough in this game. We need to get to the the core experience of trying to win. Yes, please bid more. (laughs) Uh, Right, Jesse, we're going with four for you then. Okay, so number one, Sauron. Yeah. Number two, Sildor. What's even one of my four? He's the the ring man. (laughs) Jesse's doing it. Jesse's doing it in order so far as well. So it's Sauron, so yeah, it's Isildur. Sauron, Isildur, and then um, Gollum slash Schmeagol. Yeah. Uh, they count as two different guys. Totally. It's, it's on, the, um, on the list as one. Sauron, Isildur, Gollum, uh, Bilbo next. Yes. There you go. Then, you didn't say Frodo. Oh, no, because then Frodo is next afterwards. Yeah, but you've got your four. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's well, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, uh, who are, I think okay, that, how many of the nine can you actually name? I'm curious. I, I feel like the last person would be Sam. I think I think Sam holds it for like a brief moment. Yes. And then correct. maybe Tom Bombadil. Yes, you're also scene. correct. And I think that's all I can think of. So you only, uh, I have no, sorry, that Smeagol Gollum is on here twice because uh, it's Smeagol back when he first got it and Gollum right yep, at the yep, end. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the only and Tom Bombadil was obviously one he briefly held it for a, only a brief second. Same with Sam, I believe. Uh, the other one you missed was Deagle, who was the one that found oh, the ring fuck. when yeah, Smeagol killed him. Man. Yeah, Can't remember. Sideman Deagle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well played, well played. Right, we're moving on. <laughs> he forgot the ring, man. <laughs> <laughs> this That's is the clip for this episode, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, right, we're back to Westeros. In the very first episode of Game of Thrones, there are 34 main characters, and this is not including White Walker number one and uh, you <laughs> know, horse, number two. <laughs> horse Rider number four and stuff. There is 34 main named characters in the show. How many of them can you name? Matt, start off the bidding. 15. 15? Whoa. Oh, fuck. It's <laughs> ridiculous, man. Jesse, can you improve on 15? No, I absolutely can't. <laughs> I cannot remember their names. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, 15. Go for it, Matt. Um, let's do the Stark kids first. So, uh, John, Arya. Oh, he's, I mean, he's Jon Snow at that point as well. So, 
Yeah, Jon uh, Snow, Arya Stark. Sansa. Yeah. Um, God, I can't even remember the... <laughs> God, oh no. i got to stop drinking, lads. So stop fixating on the one you can't remember. you just got to yeah. move to the other ones. Uh, Theon, Greyjoy now. Yeah. you got Ned Stark. Yeah. Uh, Catelyn. Yeah. Uh, Bran. Yeah. Uh, Littlefinger. Is he in the first season? He is in the first episode. Uh, I'm mm. just looking for him on a list on, on the list. Um, his name's not Littlefinger, obviously. So, um, <laughs> Little lad. Uh, Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Um, Davos Seaworth. Who the fuck is that? Or is he not in it? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Davos is not in the first. Davos uh, was uh, the hand of the king to Stannis and then eventually was working with Jon Snow. Oh. I should have so. said Stannis. Yep. Uh, Stannis is. Stav- I don't think Stannis is in the first episode either. Really? No. Is Stannis um, the, big, the big lad king? The big mad, big mad boy. I don't know who you're talking about. Robert. Who? Oh, Robert's the guy who gets <laughs> yeah. killed, right? With a boar. Doesn't he get um, I'm also right. looking for Peter Baelish, Littlefinger on here, and I can't see him on this list. Mm. So I think you got it wrong earlier on. I va- I'm sure he was in the first episode, but maybe yeah. not. The Lannisters uh, are in it. Like, yeah. So um, we've got Ed, Robert, Jamie, Catelyn, Cersei, Daenerys, Jorah Mormont, uh, Viserys, which is Daenerys' brother who dies quite early on. Uh, then all the Stark kids, like you said, uh, Joffrey Baratheon, uh, the Hound. Go in there as well. You got what? Sorry. Get a little Carl Drogo. Uh, yeah, Carl Drogo as well. Tyrion, uh, Maester, and then you got like Maester Lewin and Roderick Cassell and people that you know not necessarily the real hitters. Yeah, <laughs> the real heart uh, of the show. He's even got John Aaron on here, but John Aaron in the first episode is dead. Of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a corpse <laughs> with fair. stones over his eye. So I don't know if that counts, <laughs> but yeah. Everyone's favorite character. And Hodor. Hodor was on the list as well. You missed Hodor. Oh, man. Uh, so Jesse. Get, by Hodor. Jesse, <laughs> you have won the game three to one, but there's one more to play for fun. Oh, for fun. This is already so stressful. <laughs> and this is the last one. So this is about Middle Earth locations. Honestly, there is no list I can find that tells me how many locations there are. There's just fucking loads, right? How many Middle Earth locations can you name? Hmm. Are, you, are you talking about you're just talking about anywhere so right? let, like me, what, let me like... give you the categories what i can see on the wikipedia page okay. so we've got re uh there's a list of regions of middle earth middle earth mountains middle earth rivers and other locations which would seem to be cities towns villages that sort of thing oh god that's too many there is loads <laughs> why did tolkien make a place that seems so real <laughs> um <laughs> How many do you think you can name? <laughs> Come on, mate. Ten? Ten. Jesse bids ten. Matt, what And there's saying? probably like 500 I as well. cannot beat ten. <laughs> okay, all right. Jesse, going for ten for fun. Let's see yes. what you got. We have um, Weathertop. I mean, I'm trusting you that that's it because I like, there's a long list here. <laughs> Trying, yeah. Let me do a search. Weather. Okay. Weathertop. Yes. Weathertop. Um, I'm I'm trying. I'm basing it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like mountainy places. Okay. First, Mount Doom. Yes. Um. Amon Hen. Yes, that's the first one on the list. Yeah. Um. The Misty Mountains. Yeah, what Led Zeppelin famously sang about. Yes. <laughs> um, 
And then let's just go with a region. Gondor. Yep. Isengard. Taking the hobbits taking the to hobbits. Isengard. <laughs> um, Khazadum. You're right. You're on seven. Helm's Deep. Eight. Um, the Anduin River. I might have to search that one. Anduin. That's where they take the Buckleberry Ferry. I mean, I know you're right, but I just check. yep, yep, we got it. Um, and is this ten? You have one more to get. Lothlorien. Nice. Very good. Go. No love for Minas Tirith. Did I not say? Oh, no, I said Helm's Deep. Yeah, there yeah. we go. I love the name Minas Tirith. I know, it's the it's one good. that sticks in my head as Satisfying well. Satisfying on the tongue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Jesse, you have proved yourself to be quiz master today. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you the expert at Lord of the Rings, be the expert on Game of Thrones as well? <laughs> I know. What a winner. Uh, awesome. That's it. What you we want to hear from you, though, is more opinions on the shows. We want to know what you like about the show so far, what you don't like, and also, you know, be bold. What do you think's better so far? Like, <laughs> especially really as words like to come back and do this like at the end of the season as well. So maybe we'll save those for uh, for that episode. I, I, I think it, I think it'd be interesting. It's also it's a tough show to deal with in terms of spoilers and stuff as well. So I mean, I would say maybe we could have a spoiler chat, but also. Those spoilers are kind of already out there for some stuff. Anyway, I suppose yeah. we, we don't know officially who the stranger is in Rings of Power yet. So it's don't... pretty bait. I know, but... it's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we won't say, we won't say. Um, but that's it, yeah. Write in IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. And yeah, what what a good chat that was. A little fantasy chat. We need some fantasy music. What's got the better music? I want. I vote Game of Thrones at the end. Um, Wrexham. Whatever their football theme uh, is. Oh, I think it. Oh, what is it? It's um, it's a Bob Dylan cover, I think, yeah, yeah. in the intro. <laughs> yeah, there we we'll, go. We'll play that. Slap we'll that play on. that. Times are changing. <laughs> I think it is. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Goodbye. And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone if your time to you is worth saving. Then you better start swimming Or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a change Wander with us into a world of magic Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Oh, let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.